to record. Um, but yeah, man, we've got some some pretty cool uh, stuff going on here. I've got to go back and like I've, I've got to get a, a jersey off Brayton Astar, and I want to get um, something off Lukey as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Did you listen to the podcast I did with him? Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, yeah. I was surprised that you even got him out of his driveway. I, he hasn't. He hasn't liked leaving. I know. <laughs> he hasn't liked leaving. I got a message from um, Jace McCowpine from um, the Gypsy Tales. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, "Mate, how did you get Luke George onto a podcast?" <laughs> yeah, it's rare. It's rare. But he's um, he was such a legend. Like I was talking to you about that um, that jet ski jet ski accident that I had. Literally, I reckon nine weeks later, I bought a KTM five hundred. Hadn't ridden a motorbike since I was like fourteen. <laughs> Straight out there. Straight out there. <laughs> Hopeless. Hopeless. Shouldn't I've actually got that much gear downstairs. I was I was gonna message Luke and say, mate, I'm I'm pretty keen to just donate this gear. Yeah, 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 to, for sure. To to the school if um if you get any large kids running through there. He'll take it, man. Yeah. There's so all types of people coming through there, so Yeah. Well mate, I might even get you to take it with you yeah. if you want. Yeah, for sure. Um you might want to take the bag. <laughs> KDM OGO bag. Oh no, keep that. <laughs> keep that in case you in case you go on holiday. Um, I'll take the gear for sure. Yeah, no, I was yeah, it's mate, it's just been sitting there for yeah, two plus years. I kinda sold my yeah. bike before we moved out to here. So even sell it to him just yeah. for hundred bucks or whatever. Oh mate, I'm happy to just donate it. Fair enough. I'm not, I'm not going to get any use out of it. Yeah, I had no no place being, but he um, the sessions I went out and did with him just gave me so much more confidence on a bike. Yeah, eh? yeah, and that's what it's all about just confidence and being and being safe and getting people doing the right things and and the energy. Oh yeah, big energy, mate. Have you ever ever met nah. a bloke <laughs> like Luke George? Because I can tell you right now, I have never. Nah, nah, he's still going three hundred and something days straight. He he you look um, on his Insta. My, be, my best mate Mickey goes, because um, he's a avid rider. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, mate, I'll take you out to Luke's. I've been taking my little nephew out there, just to get you sharpened up on some yeah, skills. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, this little bloke is just he's going for it. Ten foot tall in stature when it comes to energy. Yeah, it's huge. And he's always like that every day. And froths. Oh, They're, literally. I. <laughs> he's got he's got half a footy team. He's got the most beautiful kids. Yeah. I'm like, how do you have energy to run kids' classes, train pro athletes, yeah, do your own stuff and think about tracks and you know jumping in machines, and no matter what time of the day you see that bloke, what's going on, brother? Yeah, he's Let's stoked. go. Yeah. Stoked. 100% stoked all the time. Stoked. Big big energy, man. And, that, and that's what makes the place work. 100%. But um, yeah, he's a, he's a really good human, Luke. He'll help anyone out. Doesn't matter. Did you know Lukey like when you used to ride motos when you were yeah younger? yeah. So me and Luke went to school went to school with each other yeah. in in high school, but in um in primary school he went to Soldiers Point and I, and I went to Tom Marie. So it was different primary schools, but we still kind of knew knew of each other. And he was just winning everything back then. So he was the man. Yeah, he was the man. But um, we weren't we weren't like. And then in high school we weren't. Like, we'll always like moto, mate. It's just like associates. Yeah. But not like, I'd, I'd never call him up or go hang over his place on the weekend. Or, like, I'd like my own friends and he had his friends. Yeah. From all that soldier's point. But um, he was pretty quiet at school. Yeah. Like, super. Mouse. Yeah, super yeah. quiet. But I think that's just from pure focus. Like, now, because I'm, I'm pretty good friends with Luke now. And looking back on it, I just think. It, when he, when he was in school, he was just so focused on racing and winning. He didn't care about girls, parties, or... Yeah. Like he might have a little bit, but that's why 
like 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 when like I was like I like riding, but also like fishing and girls and parties and where he was just he was just focused to to win. Yeah, yeah, he's an animal. Well, mate, I'm pretty keen to get into this, but we'll uh, we'll, we'll get into the sponsors. We'll let the intro music play, and mate, let's rip in. Let's do it. Podcast is supported by CMBT Nutrition. Feel your passion. You're doing that work on the mats. You need that pre. You need those BCAAs. You need that protein hit for recovery afterwards. You need a snack. These guys have the best bars going around. My favorite is the salted caramel. Trusted by the 145 UFC champion of the world, Alexander the Great Volkanovsky. Head over to cmbt.com.au and fuel your passion. We get to the point. To the point. Jimmy Davis. Let's do it, mate. How are you, brother? Fabulous. Stoked to be here, finally. We've uh, been trying to tee this up for a while. We have, we have. And I've been absolutely useless, so apologies. <laughs> uh, me, me as well. I've been coming and going. and I didn't realise it was so far down. Well, when you're coming from the bay... Yeah, the bay's I, a mission. I forgot because you come from the bay. Yeah, yeah. So I probably should give you petty money or something. Nah, <laughs> you bought me a coffee, that's good enough. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, now, uh, as we'll, we're chatting about with, um, with Lukey, obviously... You know, you said like obviously you loved riding motos and you know, obviously fishing and you know, yeah, get, getting around, getting around, being a teenager and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, that guy was ready to to, to win. Yeah, that's crosses. just my um, that's my take on it because a lot of people ask me, they're like, "Oh, has Luke always been like this?" And when we were at school, like he was he was super quiet, but I wasn't one of his best be- like best friends either. But like I, I knew him well enough to kind of like he wasn't like he is now. You know what I mean? And I just think, knowing him, he was just 100% focused on racing and winning and didn't care about anything else. I actually had the chat that. I actually had the chat with him about um, people who actually suffer traumatic brain injuries, um, they become loose cannons. Yeah, yeah. Like um, a lot of stand-up comics, Jim Carrey. Yeah, right. Uh, Roseanne Barth, or just, or just from listening to Rogan, um, and a couple of people who, I think it was like a... a Brett Weinstein or something like that said that people who 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 suffer like it can do pretty crazy stuff to you. You can end up with a a different accent or yeah. But most people become almost somewhat fearless. Like yeah, a, that's definitely him. Yeah, it's definitely <laughs> it's definitely changed him, but um, for the better. And if you if you go there and you you see that helmet, you and you see how little Luke is. You're like, how did you survive, man? Yeah, I know. It's, yeah, he's, he's got like carny strength though. He's he's real scrawny and skinny, but he's got like that. Um, he's, he's, <laughs> he's got like <laughs> he doesn't. I, I always I always tell him I'm I'm, I'm 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 like your arms are like noodles. I said, but you got like that carny strength, bro. Because you just from you watch him on a big bike, like you watch him on like the three fifty or the four fifty. Yeah, he's, or a, he's like. an animal on any bike. Watching his um, like. PO view view from a GoPro on those yeah. sand tracks and you're just like, how the fuck? Yeah, it's so gnarly. Are you – he just – He I, stays on top of it. Mate, yeah. I, I don't think I've ever seen someone on a motorcycle who moves like him. Man. Nah, nah, never. Never. He's he's raw, raw talent, man. He's 
is a professional motocross rider. And and I guess there's a reason. That's what he is. You know yeah. what I mean? A yeah. lot of a lot yeah. of people are like oh like Luke's Luke's so good. Like he like he's he's professional. You know what I mean? It's like watching Kelly Slater or Mick Fanning or anyone who's at the top of their game. Yeah. Surf that that that's what you're watching when when he when he rides. Well, there was a reason why Chad invested into him early. Yeah, Chad Chad knew, and obviously, like even Chad in his latter part of his career would come back to ride sand with Luke. Yeah. to learn from Luke. Yeah, hundred percent. Which is you know you're talking about one of the greatest to ever do it. Yeah, yeah. It's also just because like who who Luke is like he is treats he treats everyone the same. Yeah, doesn't matter whether it is. If Chad Reed comes out there for training, he's not going to get special treatment. He's going to get the exact same training as me, yeah. as, as as you, yeah. as, as me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like he's not going to take it easier or tell him something that he's not going to tell you. It's same for everyone. Do you know what my favorite thing was, Jimmy? My favorite thing was "Let's Go Brothers." But, <laughs> but the other thing was when um, his socks that he was wearing. He's always wearing like odd socks. Yeah, <laughs> when he when he tur- when you turn the corner and he does the bump. Yeah, he's slapping his ass. Oh, I fucking love that, Lukey George. You are one of the greatest human beings of all time. Don't ever. Yeah, change. man, he's a weapon. Yeah. Um, and what's your? Do you get into to, to Supercross and motocross at all? I watch it. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm, I'm a fan. I'm not like a Hardcore fan, but normally Sundays, ride Sunday somewhere, and then when Sunday Sunday Arvo rolls around, you well, sit down on the couch and probably, watch it. Probably the only sport I watch now, Jimmy. Yeah, right. What's your take on the Lawrence boys? Weapons. They're killing it. Awesome riders. I want to see them both do do well. You know, I mean, Jets, Jets killing it, but I'd also like to see Hunter. I think he's a bit of the underdog at the moment, but um, I want to see him get up there. Well, I think Jets gone west, Hunters gone east yeah. this year. Yeah. yeah. Um I think I think they swapped last year because Jet hurt himself. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Yeah. But man, like uh, I'm not too sure if you listened to the Whiskey Throttle podcast. Yeah, every them. now and then, yeah. But did you listen to the one with the, with the Lawrence Boys? No, on I haven't. It? I haven't. Man, at the last twenty minutes of it is Daz. Yeah, right. What a man. He's a bloke. What a man. Their old man is just They've come up the hard way, like they've They've done the hard yards to get to where they are, you know what I mean? Well, they basically mimicked Chad. Yeah. Because, uh, like, Daz's, Daz's business turned to shit and they were kind of at a crossroads. And what happened is Kawasaki offered them, like, over to Europe, they were going to get visas, everything. Yep. So they're virtually, like, packed up, packed packed up, up and, and sold what they had left and they used that money to go to Europe. Man, that story, there's a reason why those two kids... Well, young men are the way they are because if you go and listen to that, I highly advise anyone yeah. to go listen to that Jet Lawrence, Jet and Hunter Lawrence on Whiskey Throttle podcast because it's a good one. Mate, Motivational, mate. They fucking literally had they were they were there with no visa. Kawasaki didn't get them the visa. They Hectic. were staying in like a um, storage room above a bakery, and Daz was feeding himself. One can of tuna and a half a baguette a day. Wow, that's and the, crazy! And like literally, like borderline starving himself so that so the kids could eat, and and his wife could eat, plus full time mechanic, full time coaching, um, and it's a really cool story. So towards the end, Hunter they would swap. Hunter would Hunter went out with Ken Roxon's dad and yep. stayed out there and trained under him. And um, he realised the position that they were in, so he bought them an RV. How cool is that? That's yeah, awesome. Like a hundred twenty thousand dollar RV, and the first paycheck that Hunter and Jet got from Geico 
they paid paid him back. Paid Ken Roxon's dad back. That's awesome. Yeah, mate. It's it, it's giving me making my blood run cold. Yeah, right. It's giving me goosebumps. Like listening to that story. I'll, I'll listen to it. Yeah, it, it's it's amazing, and you see why they don't drink. They don't go after girls. They are so focused because yeah, they've focused. they've been on the poverty line, and they knew what it was like to like basically be thieving bread. Yeah, yeah. they would get bread from the bakery, leftover bread, and that's what they would eat for dinner. And now they're rock stars, but still so humble. They are. Yeah, they're yeah. killing it. And Jet makes it look so easy. Even that race on the weekend, like he was just out in front. He didn't even break a sweat. <laughs> didn't even break a sweat. It's um. Mate, what about Faulkner's crash? That's hasn't, heavy. Hasn't he had a bad run? Yeah, bro. But to that's, be saying that, he's a bit of a cock. Yeah. Yeah. That's, <laughs> it's, yeah, he, he he's had a rough gold at the last couple of years. Yeah, it really has. Like, he's had some... He's starting to look like Justin Bieber with his tattoos and his persona, I'm, yeah. I'm guessing. You know what I mean? Yeah, but yeah, Hopefully, sure. Hopefully he heals up and gets back out there. Well, it's kind of cool to see... Um, like that 250 class, I'm not too sure when there's ever been the lights class that's kind of almost outshone mm. the the big boys. Yeah, that's it. But it actually has because you know, well, I know Colt Nichols has gone to. He's a 450 rider. Yeah. Now, but like the 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 250 riders, East and West, was so good. And like that's after like Dylan Ferrandez, Chase Sexton have now yeah. gone to, to 450. Yeah. Like it's all the 450 guys. Man, it's like motocross is in such good hands for the next like, ten years. Where you thought it was dead after, like, Ricky, Bubba, yeah. you know, Chad. The golden era. Yeah. But, like, even kind of Eli now to the back of his career, like, just shining through. And He's a beast. Man. He's an absolute beast. Like, J- him, Jason Anderson, like, even Roxon now on, yeah. on Suzuki, like. I want to see Roxon do do well. Or just do something, you know what I mean? Like, like he's he's gone through some hard times and he's still 100%, there. yeah. Same, and like Malcolm Stewart. Malcolm deserves a win. Yeah, he's the man. He's the man, and he just—he's got like the speed. The, just looks the cool. He just looks like the coolest guy. Like he's yeah, the dude yeah. you'd want to hang out with. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This guy's bass fishing, and what do they call him? Mookie. Mookie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's like the people's champ. Always when he starts getting up there, you just hear the crowd roaring. Yeah, you go. go. <laughs> nah, it's cool. So obviously, um, mate, give us a bit of an introduction to to who you are, and I guess while we're sitting here today. Yep, so my name is Jimmy Davies or James Davies. I'm from Nelson Bay. That's where I grew up. Um, and I do stunts for a living at, at this stage. <laughs> I don't make a million dollars, but, yeah, that, that's what that's how I make me, make me crust. Yep. And uh, an absolute frother of an enjoying life when you're yeah. doing something you love, right? Yeah, charge, yeah, charge life pretty much every day. Just try and have as much fun as you can and get out in nature and... So, Enjoy it. So give us a bit of a backstory, mate. How do we end up even becoming lo- a lover of extreme sports, extreme motorbikes, sports. jet oh, so skis? Gro- so growing up, I um, raced motocross on 50s, 60s and, and 80s. Yeah. You know what I mean? But that whole time I was always like into extreme sports, like skateboarding, BMX, like extreme games, like always, always like didn't really like ball sports, wasn't. I, I did not like him at all. You know what I mean? Like I played soccer for like a couple of years, I think. But I was always more more drawn to action sports. Unlike your brother who's going around for his yeah, yeah. 20th year of <laughs> he loves it. playing first yeah. grade for the Bay. Yeah, Shout yeah. out to Josh yeah, Davis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The bombies. Up the bombies. He's like, mate, I'm, I'm, yeah, it's me last year. Yeah. And then I, 100th I, game. Yeah, I talked to him. He's like, yeah, I'm just going to go back one more season, one more season. <laughs> he, 
<laughs> he loves it, man. It's a, it is an awesome time going out there in winter and watching the boys run around. But yeah, so I grew up um, racing motocross. wasn't the fastest guy out there, but I just loved being out there. But also just love riding as well. Yep. Um, and then I did that until about 80, 80s, and then I kind of didn't really race no more. And then got into like a little bit of freestyle. And I had a freestyle set up up Nelson Bay, like a big ramp. Did that, like, did a few shows, and then the council kind of shut it down. And um, I had a, I had a little 50 at the time with, like, some beefed-up suspension. And so I started, I pushed that, pushed the ramp right in to, like, probably, like, I don't know how long it was, maybe 30, 35 or 40 foot. It was, like, a full-size ramp. And started jumping my 50 over it because it was super quiet, like, no one was complaining. Yeah. And, but... The big bikes they would they'd hear it and whinge, so I, I started doing that and then end up doing like a couple of little freestyle shows and on my fifty just at like full drive events they'd like set up a ramp and go in there and do a bunch of tricks. Because yeah. <laughs> you're uh, a pretty tall yeah. dude for a fifty, yeah. But it was like a scene back in the day, especially in Newcastle. It was massive. Like there were so many guys that were that were like into it. You so know like, what I mean? it was like the OG of pit bikes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There was like like in, in Newcastle, it was like a huge deal. Wow, it was like heaps of guys racing mini bikes and doing freestyle, and yeah, well, it was it was it was awesome. So I started doing that, and then I started looking into become a um a stuntman, like a, a stunt performer, because I just like having fun. I still do, you know. That's why that's why I do it. And at what age did you start looking at that? Uh so this would have been at about probably twenty, twenty one, twenty three. Yeah, probably around twenty one, twenty two, probably around then. How are you funding all these fun toys? Bricklaying apprenticeship. Yep. Yeah. So I was, I was. So you've done the hard, yeah, the yeah, hard yeah, too. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. So I was, I was doing my time as a brickie, but just kind of enjoyed, um, just still enjoyed riding, boxing for fitness, and just charging, charging life pretty much. Love it. And I was just like, oh, I'm gonna, look, I'm gonna look into it to see, to see what it, what it involves and what it kind of takes, and then that, that led me to the. Australian Stunt Academy, which it, it's a really good thing. It's like a, um, it was like a three week stunt camp. It didn't really get you what you need to work and film in TV, but I didn't know that at the time. That was just when you type in how, how become a stunt a stunt man. Yeah. That's kind of the first thing that pops up, and I didn't know any better, so I, I went and got a loan from the banks because I think it cost like four or five grand to go there for. It was like a three week course, and um. Took three weeks off work and I was like, oh, I'm going to go up there. I'm just going to do this course. Like, I've got nothing to lose. The worst thing that's going to happen, I'm going to have the best time ever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I've seen what the course involved. It was like repelling, like falls, everything. Everything that a stuntman would probably do over his career, you're doing this course in three weeks. Yeah. So I went up there, did that, had like an awesome time, but you don't really get nothing like – that doesn't qualify you for film and TV. It's kind of like just like an experience, you know what I mean? It's like this is what it's like to be a stuntman for three weeks. Yeah. But so in, there's in, no like formal qualification. Yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't really qualify because the guy who runs it, he's not a recognised stunt coordinator in Australia. But in saying that, like if you audition for a lot, it, it's still it's not recognised formally. But if you've done that over someone who hasn't done it, then it's it's something, you know what I mean? Yeah. Anyways, like I went up there, did that, had had an awesome time, and um, while while I was up there, 
the the guy who runs it, he's like, oh, um, we do the the Waterworld auditions are coming up. So Universal Studios Japan does auditions like in all the major major cities for their show over in Japan, looking for stunt performers and singers and dancers, but stunt guys for their for their Waterworld show. He's like, you should audition for it, but you need to be pretty handy on a stand up jet ski, um, and 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 just have a few other skills. He's like, but you should but you should go audition. So I went and auditioned. It was only like two weeks after I'd been been to stunt school. Went and auditioned, made it all the way through to like the the final the final kind of cut off. Had you ridden a stand up jet ski by then? No, but you, but, <laughs> no, no. But like you didn't have to. You, yeah. you know what I mean? Like not to audition back then. You could just anyone could show up. Yeah. And the auditions used to be like packed, but um, I was just it was just like a stunt audition. And I was excited. I was like, yeah, I want to go. So I went there and they run you through like a, bu- a bunch of type of things, like doing some fight scenes and some basic falls and mini tramp and some pull ups. This basic type of fitness got all the way through and um the main guy who kind of runs the auditions he's like can you ride stand up jet ski and i said no nah, never been run before in my life and he's like go and learn to ride one come back come back next year and i was like all right sweet as you know what i mean like this was just something i heard about like i wasn't that keen on getting the job but why not audition yeah and then after that, I started looking into what it actually takes to work in film and TV and found out there's this whole whole big type of grading procedure where you need to have, like, something in body control, water, um, heights, vehicles, and you need to have six months stunt training under a recognised stunt coordinator in Australia. And so then I started just researching, trying to find out who stunt guys were, you know what I mean, emailing guys... And then I got onto a, a stunt coordinator in Sydney, Tony Lynch, who was opening up a gym just as I reached out to him. And he said, yeah, come down. So I went down there and trained with him for six months to a year and then as well as did all these other little things and then got my stuff together, submitted it, and um, then I, I got graded. That's sick. Yeah. How, so, how much did it cost to train with Lynchy? Uh, it wasn't – It wasn't. I think it was like 50 bucks for two hours. <laughs> So these other yeah. guys got you good for four. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, fifty bucks for two hours, and um, but it was all the way uh, work all week, drive all the way down to Sydney, train for two hours, and then um, drive all the way back. But like it was, it was just what you had to do, you know what I mean? And it's you still have to do that stuff now. It's more, it's more just so our coordinator can work with you and get to know your personality, know that you're not a loose cannon, because you can't be like that like on like a film set. Everything's really professional you know what i mean and yeah. it's all about safety it's not about the the whole jackass mentality like the whole every, all the stunt guys these days are professional athletes pretty much yeah 100 you know percent. i mean everyone's yeah. training and working on their craft so That's so sick but yeah so I, I got graded and um that it probably took a year to get everything together because you need to get signed off by certain like a stunt coordinator and another stunt guy needs to sign you off and then first aid like bronze medallion something for heights body control do some driving courses and and that just kind of gets you your first level so you're like a, a stunt apprentice once you first get in they call it a sap like a stunt action provisional once i got that i um just set my email and resume I mean, my, my show reel and my resume out to everybody I ever made contact with ever. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like anyone that was right in in some time, and I, like I was just trying to make a phone call pretty much every day to someone 
in within like the industry, you know what I mean? Because that's how you kind of get started. Just bring up stunt guys, like see if you can go over the house, do some training, help them clean some pads, or if they if they need a hand on set, or you know what I mean? Yeah. And this Net- company networking, networking, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah just just try, just just like networking, and um, I set my stuff to this company Mirage Entertainment, and they do a lot of stunt shows over in China. And I, I just like sent sent it to them. Didn't think nothing of it. And I still remember the day I was at work like laying bricks. And then I, I looked him. <laughs> I just like checked my emails. And then I had an email back from them saying, "Oh, like we're interested in hiring you for our show over in China. Are you interested?" And I was like, "Hundred percent. I'm like, I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. Let's go. Like, See you, boys. <laughs> yeah, yeah." And then um, before you knew it, I was I was going to China, and that was yeah, and that, and that was a whole whole different experience. But how old were you then, Jimmy? Uh, twenty, twenty-four. So this is two thousand fourteen. Yeah, that was my first China contract. But um, at the time, like I'd never been over to China, and it was just, I was just like super excited. But it was just the unknown. You know what I mean? But it was, it was more. I was just gonna do it for a year just to get paid to, just get paid to train. You know what I mean? The money wasn't great, but I was doing stunts every day. You know what I mean? Where at this time I was like laying, I was still laying bricks pretty much every day. And then driving two yeah. hours, doing two hours, yeah, of stunts, and, and, yeah. Two hours and I was just trying to, just trying to get my in 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 the, but like it's a real fickle type of, type of game, you know what I mean? Like yeah. you might get real lucky, you might get a month of work on a TV series, you might get one month, one day a month, you know, you, you don't really know. Where live shows is great training, you know. I was I was getting paid to train, yeah. So I went over there. What was the shows? And um, it was called Black Light Thieves. Yep. So it was kind of based off the old police academy show. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, like I got there and China's just like another world. Complete <laughs> complete other world. Yeah. It's just, it's what part of China were you in? Dalian. Okay. Yeah. So um went over there and um met like all the team and our manager, Red Horton. He's like what you picture of an old Hollywood stunt guy, like absolute legend. I can't speak highly enough of the bloke. <laughs> and he should write a book because some of the stories he's got are just insane, but yeah, he was the manager of the time, and um, went over there and the show had like motor, a motorbike jump in it, a layover. So you come, you know, you come around the corner and jump on the back brake and slide the bike down, and go through fire at the same time and kind of catch on fire. And yeah, it was kind of based off an old cops and robbers type of vibe. So guys getting shot off buildings, falling, falling to the ground, high falls, all that type of stuff. Were you predominantly motorbike? When I went over there, I wasn't on the motorbikes at all. I I went over there just as like a grounding pound, just just doing, just like general stunts. But they knew like I was pretty handy on a motorbike. And when I got there, they hired two two motorbike riders, one from Australia and another guy from the states. And in the contract, they don't tell you much about the jump. You know what I mean? They're just like you're hired as a motorbike jumper. They don't really say what the jump is, what's the runoff. Anything like that, the details are pretty sketchy. Anyways, I got there and when I first looked at the jump, I thought to myself, "Thank God I'm not here to do that <laughs> every day." You know what I mean? I was like, "I was." I what was, was like, like a forty footer? Nah, footer? it was. It was like it wasn't that big. It was like sixty foot um, ramp jump, but the down ramp was kind of built into like a back of a uh, like a, a caravan. It was like themed. Yeah. So there was really there was no real safety, and and on the back of it there was like a flip car, like like an effect. So if you come short, you kind of land on top of a car, and it just it wasn't the ideal setup. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
So they hire they the other guy from the states. He was in like an American freestyle rider. He's used to jumping like seventy five foot with a huge big down ramp, lots of runoff. Where this wasn't this wasn't that. This was some ramp that kind of got built on on set, and this down ramp which was pretty small. You had to land in the sweet spot every time, otherwise you, otherwise you were getting hurt. And um, he didn't want to do the crash either. And then so he didn't. It wasn't wasn't being like a team player. I got there and I seen the motorbike crash, and I was like, I want to do that straight away because that's like the that's that's an actual stunt. You know what I mean? Like, I, like sign me up for that. <laughs> and I wish we were filming this because that smile on your face. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, it was just like, well, where else can you learn to do that? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like crash a motorbike down, where you can do it three or four times and really get to feel it out and and, and get comfortable doing it. Like unless you're going to buy your own bike and go find some gravel or a road and crash, but then you're going to wreck your bike. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I went over there and um, he didn't want to do it. And they spoke to me about it. They're like, oh, like we're in a bit of a situation that we're going to pretty much send this guy home because he doesn't want to. He's a pussy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. pretty much. And he was a bit of a big rig, like a super nice fella, but um, a bit of a big rig as well. So he wasn't, wasn't that nimble and didn't have like a stunt background. He was just like a motorbike guy. And he didn't want to do it, which is fair enough, you know what I mean? And they're like, oh, like, what do you reckon about it? And I was like, yeah, I said, just give me like a day just to warm up on the bikes and um, we'll push the ramp in to as far as we can go. You can't push it all the way in because the car's on the back of the down ramp. So you'd only go to about 30 or 40 foot. And I jumped it once and then um, it was fine. Like once you once you get it dialed in, like freestyle ramps are pretty... Pretty easy. Pretty consistent. Yeah. yeah, and then every afternoon, like I just moved the ramp back out a little bit further. There's lots of practice, and um, yeah, it was fine. And then I end up going into the biker role, and then doing general stunts. And then I worked there for three years, not three years straight, eight months at a time. Yeah. So I went back next year as like the lead biker, bike manager, and then the third year I worked here, I worked there. They changed the whole show. So it was like um, a Mad Max theme show, like Rift Valley it was called. So they had buggies and um, all brand new bikes, which I wasn't going to miss out on. Like I wanted to be there. So like I was, I was there, I had brand new bikes and they had me kind of like training the other guys in and working out the patterns that wasn't going to work. And Cause what, That would have been like 2017? 2016. 16. Like 2014, 2015, 2016 was China. Because I remember... Josh sending me a clip of you and it was like your it was a reel. It yeah, must yeah. have been from there. Yeah, it probably was. It was yeah. sick. Yeah. You do like a, a jump, you come across, then it's like another little jump. Yeah. yeah. But, but then you're in the razor going down the Going down the big hill. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah, so they they redid the whole set. They um put that massive big hill there, which made the runoff for the jump smaller. Yeah. So you even had to be more like on the money, otherwise you're hitting this wall. Yeah, because it was like basically a wall, and then you had like a kind of like a little yeah burn, like a little burn, yeah concrete burn. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that was like a Mad Max theme show, um, and it was awesome. Like all new cars, vehicles, buggies. What were they? Were they Hondas? The Jewel- Hondas. Oh, we had, we had Hondas for the bikes. Yeah, two thousand sixteen. Uh, the, ju- the, the dual exhaust. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So two brand new Hondas, and then we had like some Polarises, and then these big June buggies. Which so we, yeah, yeah, it was awesome. So like every day you were over there just. And um, in between shows, like we just practice high falls, and he, like Red was awesome. Like he just he's, he was like a bit of a yes man, but like oh, Red, like can I go around practice driving this buggy? Yeah, sure. Just make sure there's no one else on set. Go out there and 
practice driving this car around or spin some cop cars or you know what I mean? It was just it was insane. That's so cool. Yeah. I I, I loved it over there. And it was like a whole nother world. Like every time like when I get to China, I just think like where am I? This this place is so far off the grid. Like no one's <laughs> no one's coming here for a holiday. Like to, I'm not gonna randomly see someone. Like this is like yeah, you feel like you're somewhere else and the and the rules are different, but it was um it was so much fun. And then yeah, so I finished up there in two thousand and two thousand sixteen. But each the whole time while I was there, I always wanted to do Waterworld because that was a show that everyone everyone put kind of at the top in Japan at Universal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in Japan, like Waterworld. That's not the number one kind of live stunt show. Yeah. So like a lot of stunt coordinators don't really know the shows over in China. There, but everyone knows Waterworld. You know what I mean. Like you've done, like that's that's a really recognised show, and I would always send my stuff into the auditions. I just audition online. I just send them like motorbike stuff though, and then just like the the pull ups and everything. Just I just be like, oh hey guys, like just so you know, like I'm I'm still keen to do it. But at the end of 2016, I was like, all right, I'm gonna give this Waterworld thing one more good crack. I'm gonna go buy a stand up jet ski because that's what you got to do. You know what I mean? Like I thought I could just um, get through with the motorbike. Yeah, stuff. yeah. I thought they were just going to hire me, kind of based on that, and then I would get over there and just kind of figure it out. But knowing what I know now, that that's not possible. But anyways, they changed, so you had to actually send in footage of yourself on a jet ski before you could even audition. So that was that was my mission at the end of 2016. I was like, I want to give this in one last crack. I'm going to go buy a jet ski. I'm going to audition, and then if I don't get in then I'm just going to focus on film and TV. But I'll come home at the end of 2016 and the guy from Universal contacted me about doing a motorbike show over there for them. He's like, oh, like you've been recommended. You want to come over to Japan and do this motorbike show? He's like, it's going to be like pretty um, low-key low kind of thing. Like It's not going to be as thrilling as, thrilling as what you've been doing. He's like, it's more just like precision riding. He goes, but... At least you'll get to be over here and work with us and um, see what it's all about. And I was like, 100%. Yeah. I was like, I'm keen as. <laughs> so I, I went went straight over there and did that. It was called Conan the Escape. So I was doubling a little um, Japanese actor for this live show. But it was more just like a motorcycle pattern. But it was um, it was super fun. Like it got me over there. I got to work for Universal Studios. And then I met all the guys that, that did Waterworld. And I started training with them, just like learning all the fights, and yeah, and then that's so cool. So there's heaps more of the story. <laughs> I, I said I'd stop because I've been going for a little bit. No, no, that's good. That's good. So did did they get you on a? You were just doing fight scenes. Did they get you on a ski at all? There? Nah. So they're they're pretty. Um, Had you bought the ski in Australia? Yet? I didn't buy the ski. Nah. No. Nah. So I just come home, and then this kind of just popped up. And at the time, I had like a Ukrainian girlfriend. She was over in Australia when I got the contract, so that that was a whole that was a whole fucking deal. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I had to had to flag that and um, flag the girl. Yeah, flag yeah, the girl. Yeah. yeah, she was she was she was a handful, anyways. But went over there. Didn't buy the jet ski yet. Went over there. Did the show. Um, I was there for five months. Um, which was absolutely awesome. And then while I was there, they were trying to get me on a jet ski, but there's a lot more rules than China. <laughs> so, like, the the China shows, are, my, my kind of take on it is that over in China, you'll you learn 
That's like kind of C grade footy, China shows, and then the Japan shows is like A grade. Playing yeah. the NRL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's like it's like serious stuff. You know what I mean? Like there's no there's no messing about. And um, I went over there and they were trying to get me on a jet ski, but they just couldn't. I was over there to do a job, and my job was to ride motorbikes in this show. So they didn't see the point of, they didn't see why they why they wanted me over riding a jet ski. Like if I got hurt, then I was going to be out for this show. You know what I mean? So they the, didn't want to cross. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was there was just no. They didn't see the point in it, which is fair enough. But I just started learning. I started training with the guys just in parks, and I become really good friends with all of them, and um, learn all the fights for Water World, and just trying to, not because like I did want to do the job, but. I also want to become the best, best like stunt performer I, I can be. So, the more I can learn, the better better off I am. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if I just ride motorbikes and be lazy, I'll be good at riding motorbikes. But I want to learn everything. So, start learning learn, learning all the fights and training with them. I finished up my contract. I actually broke my wrist at the end of it, and then um, I come home, bought a stand up jet ski. And the audition, this would have been in like August, got the jet ski in August. And I think the auditions were like in November. So then I just got to work, just started riding the stand-up jet ski as much as I could. Jesus. Every day. And then were, you, I, were you back Brick Lane? Yeah, back Brick Lane as well. Yeah, but it was a, it was a real fine, fine line of like when my wrist got good to get in the ski to the auditions. But it was... um. I was just kind of riding, like, just out in places, just like the bay here, you know what I mean? Yeah. So big, like, rivers and, like, lakes and just at home. And I thought I was going pretty good. Like, I could ride one, but I didn't really know what I was doing. There was no one that I could sort of bounce learn, off. Or bounce yeah. off and be, yeah. like, be like, oh, like, like, what about standing here or this stuff? when you do this? You know what I mean? There was no, like, Luke George of seeing up jet ski that I could ask for help. Yeah. Like, like, there was a couple of guys which I'd, like, I'd like call up and be like, oh, like, do you mind like just coming out and like watching me? Like you might see something and just like, I just want someone who knows more than I do that can kind of help me, you know what I mean? Just try and be a sponge off anyone who's really good at their craft. Yeah. And there was no one at the time. So I, I, I just went out on my own accord and just practiced as much as I could and um, went to the auditions up the Gold Coast. Did really, really well because like the all the all the big guys kind of knew I was coming for it. Yeah. They seen me over in Japan and... They knew I was on a jet ski, so this was. If I didn't get it this time, I was happy to leave it. And I went up there, auditioned, and then um, then I got the job. So I went over there. So what kind of th- are they going? Can you perform a figure eight? Can you backflip? Yes, no. Nah, you- there was so the, the, there's no real backflips in the show. The ski is just like a, it's just the hero's vehicle. So you seem to be strong on like you need to be able to make a turn, and you can't look like you're kind of struggling to ride one. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, at the auditions, there was no. Oh, are, so, you, are you playing Kevin Costner? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I was the mariner. I was the mariner. <laughs> I, I, I also I also play a smoker as well in the show. Oh, but um, so for the for the auditions, it, it might have changed now. But yeah, you do a, look like a young Kevin Costner. I do. Yeah, I do. Just red. <laughs> just the red mariner. Yeah. yeah. Um. So for the audition for for Waterworld. When you when you're sending stuff, they they if you're going for mariner, you need to have like good stand up jet ski skills, like hand to hand kind of co- like combat, be like pretty fit and strong, and if you can ride a sit if you can ride a stand up, you can ride a sit down as well, 
And so they want you to send in, um, it's like figure eights one-handed, like on, on a stand-up jet ski, which isn't, it's not hard, but it's not easy as well. Yeah. And then just like some, some like flat water 180 spins and just some footage of you kind of making good turns. And just so you can, just so you can be confident on one. Yeah. You know what I mean? So because how how big is the actual like water tank at the show? Because I would suggest you, have, you haven't got that much room nah, to play with, nah, right? No, nah, you don't. You don't. So the and that's and that's kind of what I learned. Like I, like I said before, I thought I could just go over there and like and I've even spoke to guys. They're like, oh, like I can ride a stand up jet ski. Like I reckon if I just got the job and they'd be able to teach me over there. And I was like, nah, no, no way. Like maybe in like a year or like six months. But in two weeks, you can't pick it up, not to a level to where you can rip around that that set because the, the, the atoll is so small. You know what I mean? And you have to turn. Where when you're out riding in the in the river or whatever, you can if you don't want to turn there, you can just buff it out to like a metre. Yeah. Where in that, you have to turn, otherwise you're hitting shit. So when you ride now, like if you're like think, thinking about if you're going to go back over there, can you visualise that course and kind of put yeah. yourself into that yeah. onto that dime yeah. where you know you need to turn? Yeah, yeah, that's what I do. I, I just pretty much just like practice patterns. Yeah, just run the pattern over and over. Practice like the fast turns and. How many shows are you guys doing a day? Three to four. Yeah, three to four. So if you do four mariners, you, you're pretty you're pretty cooked by the end of it because it's it's like fifteen you, minutes of like you, you're going for it. Do you go? Um, like, do you go two days on, one day off, or, so you would work, you, or would you go that role and then the next day you might do a, a role that's less intensive? Yeah, or? yeah, yeah. So yeah. It, it, it does kind of work like that. You normally work three days on, two days off, two days on call, but you might do like two days mariner, one day as seven, which is playing one of the bad guys. Like, you're on a sit down jet ski, towing a water ski around the pond, um, fighting the mariner, doing, doing it's, it's a really fun character. Heaps, heaps less in, intense. Yeah. Like you're just kind of spraying the crowd and just playing a bad guy. Being and a jerk. Yeah, yeah, and you don't have all the eyes on you. So, like, how, how long did you do Waterworld for? How many Two years? Two years. How many Mariner shows do you reckon you actually did? Oh, heaps. Heaps. Hundreds? Yeah, probably hundreds. <laughs> I don't know. One, one, of my, one of my friends, he's still there, and he's been there the whole time, and I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure he's got, like, a count, but, yeah. So, That's like, insane. Yeah. Three to four shows a day, three, three to four days a week. Far out! That yeah, is yeah, absolutely it's, insane. It's, it's brutal. It's a you do like five fight scenes and like falls and hanging off towers and but it's how many injuries did you sustain in two years? I didn't get any. Fuck not, Jimmy, that's not a insane. single one. But just like it's just like wearing like just like wearing tear. Yeah, it's just more cardio. Yeah, you know what I mean. I didn't get any, but I went back. Recently, because I was meant to go back for four months at the end of the year, um, I went back in August and I was I ran all the fights. I flew in next day. I ran all went went in, did all the fights. Felt good. The second day after that was jet ski rehearsals, and I went out first pattern and um, did my meniscus. <laughs> yeah, so I had to come home. <laughs> so now I'm going. I'm going back. I did my meniscus in yeah. March last year. It's yeah. the worst. Yeah. It's still kind of. Did you get any, Did you get surgery? Got surgery. Yeah, oh, I got repaired. Lucky, lucky idea. I didn't. So like now, the flap gets stuck in like the the knee oh, the kneecap. So yeah. like it'll just catch, and then it'll just go pop, and it pops out. But then you, your leg hyper extends. Oh no! <laughs> it's so gross, dude. Yeah, yeah, that's happened with mine. Mine like locked out like forty five, and I couldn't. Yeah. Couldn't unlock it, but 
Yes, that tight. Yeah, that um, that sucked going back there, and I was, I was super keen to be back. But yeah, got injured, but that's just part of the game. But mm. prior to that, two years, not one day off. It's just you do the show like every single day. You know what I mean? And like you, you practice these stunts, and it's it's a really professional. It's all about safety. So as sketchy as it is, like you, like there's the Marin doesn't do like anything that that really crazy. It's just a lot of running around and fight scenes. Yeah. But if you're not on the money, like you could get stuffed up. You know, <laughs> if something goes wrong, you could get it. Yeah, of course. But that's the same as anything. So. Did you um? Did you have any stalkers or? Yeah, any? yeah. There's like there's like super. So over in Japan, there's like there's like super fans. Yeah, and they're absolutely nuts. But um, because what we're talking about um downstairs with Lucy's sister when she played Ariel. Oh yeah, she, she had them. some super stalkers, man. Yeah, yeah, crazy. Yeah, the super fans come to the show like every single day, and um, I know the show better than anyone. So they sit in the crowd with their huge big cameras, and they'll like take photos of you and and make like Instagrams of you and. Stuff like that. But they, they get the best shots. How, so, ma- how so, many Instagrams do you have? Oh, from the I'm super fans? Not, I'm not too sure. So I haven't been there for a while, but like you just go on one of their pages and it'll just be all photos of you. But the photos would be unreal because they, they, their cameras are no joke. <laughs> so like, so if, if, if I like wanted to get like a certain shot or film something, I'd like send them a message and be like, oh, hey, like, can you come to this next show? Like, wow. Can you, can, you, like, can you film this for me? And they'll be like, yeah, sure. And then because like they 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 love that you know what I mean because then they're like interacting with you and wow so like a, a lot of the photos on my Instagram are from like super fans wow that's so yeah. cool because like I said the cameras are unholy that they have mate did they take you out to any dinners or anything nah I never <laughs> I never I never went that far with them so a, little bit, a little bit cooked but like I'd get them to take take photos but they drop off like presents and stuff like if it was like your birthday and what are you getting oh just like. Just whatever, you know, it might be like, like a, a gift card for Starbucks or something. But I love yeah, it. yeah. Starbucks. <laughs> but every show, like you do a show and then you'd be up like, like before you do the mariner, you just play like an A-toller. So you're just up there patrolling and then you'd see them in the crowd and they'd like try and like catch your eye and like wave to you and, and yeah. Some of them, I don't know if they're all there, but they take good photos. So. <laughs> good content. Yeah. It's good. And, uh, mate, you posted something recently out in the from the outback. And yeah. Talking that. It was a couple of years ago. What was that for? Yeah, so that was a TV um, a TV series called Mavericks. It's on ABC and Netflix worldwide. So if you're overseas and you're watching Netflix, you'll be able to see it. But in Australia, you won't be able to unless you have like a... VPN. VPN. Yeah. Yeah, but it's on um, ABC. ABC, yeah, and then on the... It's on the web as well. I don't know the ABC's web website, but that's it, it's on that. Yeah, so that was like a um, a series about like a motocross, a, a, a motocross um team, Mavericks, okay. based up at Alice Springs. I was up there for two months filming, two months in Alice Springs, and then a week down in South Australia, and it was um it was unreal. Yeah. They had like they pro tracks come in, built this big track. It was like unreal, like this picture perfect track, one of those tracks you see off Instagram. Like that was that was it. But it was like a film set. It wasn't like a motocross track. We couldn't go there and just rip around. But um, yeah, it was a drama for kids. So yeah, it it got some really good really good reviews. Awesome. It, it also got like a lot of flack off the motocross top industry because I don't know why it's it's for kids. It's not 
it's not like a Moto Five or a Crusty Demons movie. Like it's this is built for kids like between twelve and say fourteen. Yeah. So like not everything's exactly like what you see at the track. It's it's a TV show for kids. <laughs> so some people are being like, oh, like you wouldn't do that, but like it's it is what it is. Motocross but, world, um, yeah, up. yeah. So I, I got to do a couple of. I was um one of the actors' stunt doubles, bear. So I got to do a couple of. I did all all, all the riding for him because none of the actors were, were really handy on a bike, and um because it was like a motocross show, which was super rare for, like stunts. Normally, if you're doing stunts, it's never motocross based. It's always doing something else. But this is exactly like what I do and what and what I love, and my mate Jordan Jordan um. Isakura as well. He, he he was the other double. He's a really good motocross rider. And Dean Ferris. So he's a strange champ. Me, us three were the riding riding doubles and stunt doubles. Because obviously, if if you are from the motocross world, position on a bike, elbows, yeah, the yeah. way you hold levers, yeah, there's so many little intricate things that yeah, hundred percent. An actor just couldn't do. Yeah, yeah. Actors just well, not all actors, but like if you don't know how to sit on a bike or. Just little things like that, exactly like what you were saying. Yeah. That's kind of why, why we're there. But if the actor, if he's sitting on a bike, because I was his double, so if he's sitting on the bike a little bit not a little bit funny, then that's how I'd have to sit on it because I'm not there to be me. I'm there to double him, you know. Wow, I mean? okay. So that, that's what it's like. And if he if he's holding his helmet in the left hand and does that type of stuff, and like it was vice versa. Like if there was a shot where I, I, I pulled up on a bike and – took my helmet off a certain way or, you know what I mean, then I, I had to remember exactly what I did so then it married in when he sits on it and then takes his helmet off. Jesus. Yeah, yeah so you're not – and that, that's that's just one of those things like you're – it's not always um, a lot of – they had a lot of extra riders up there as well and they thought that we're, we're filming like a motocross movie but we're when, – like we're not where – we're like doubling – People, you know, we're here to tell a story. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not all these big stunts. It's, you need to watch what he's doing and you're here to be him, not not be you and show everyone how good I am on a motor, on a motorbike. And Yeah, that's, that's, really, that's a really cool perspective to hear it from. Yeah, yeah. That's the same. It's the same as anything on, like, a film set. So it's, it's not really, when you say, like, stunts, it's not really Nitro Circus type. Like, the, I'm not there to, to be me. Because there's also a, a theatrical drama side of hundred percent, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, you, you you have to act it out. You know what I mean? You have to look like they don't want to see the. You, your job is to make it not look like it's a stunt guy doing it. Yeah, you know what I mean. So you have to sell it. How long are those? Can those days be on set when you're massive? Yeah, like when massive. you're you didn't take the helmet off the right way. Yeah, 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 yeah. Massive. All all, all days on, on film sets are pretty long you know what i mean because it just it's a, it's a long it's a long process they'll shoot a shot this way and then they want to swing the cameras around and shoot it from the other way yeah and yeah so it just depends how many shots that they do that day but a lot of the time you'll sit around and then when it's time to go yeah get out there and do your job that's so cool yeah, man yeah it's good I, I, I love doing both the film film and and live shows but live shows is what like someone who doesn't know nothing about stunts, that's more what they think film and TV is, is what live shows. Because that's where you do like the, these really big high falls and yeah, these, these big wow stuff. Where film and TV, yes, there is that side of it, but a lot of it's more 
intricate stuff. Well, as you said, it's basically paid training the live shows, right? Yeah, yeah. To give you skill set and to build knowledge and then so when you go into that professional environment... Yeah, 100%. It's all just about how how you act on a film set too and that's kind of why you have to do the six months stunt training. It's a real professional... Film sets are pretty tense places, so you, like, you can't be on there. Well, it sounds like a, a stuntman, like, as, I guess, when you picture a stuntman, you picture the guy rocking up in a Camaro and, <laughs> you know, well, unbuttoned shirt. And once upon a time in Hollywood. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. Where yeah. it's you, it seems like you have to be very, very professional, very humble, yeah. zero ego. Yeah. Yeah, you, you, you just try and do the, the best job you can, you know what I mean? Because everyone's there to do a job. So, like, and if you go in there and you kind of stuff up, then it makes the stunt coordinator look bad and then it, a bit of a chain on effect. What's um what's something that people would have seen a thousand times but would have no idea that it's you? Oh, not just me, but, like, just any any type of general kind of stunt guy. No, I mean like actually uh, you. Like, what's something people I was, might? Have... I, I was I was did um some riding on Home and Away. I, I doubled Rex. Okay. So he was a biker that come in, come in and played in Home and Away a couple of times. <laughs> did that, and then I was um I did a a road safety commercial as well, yeah. which was got viewed, and an Ampol ad, which was always on. So. So you're everywhere, and no one would know the the bloke yeah, under well, the you, helmet. You, you see a motorbike in shop for like two seconds. Yeah. That's what most of the time, and that's what it is most of the time. Just like kind of general precision riding, yeah. But you have to be on the money every time, so like it's. So that stuff in China would have given you a real good, yeah, uh, like control, like motorbike control, yeah. vehicle control. Yeah, I'd love to do one of those big stunts for film, on um, like all that stuff I was doing over in China or Waterworld. I'd love to do something like that on film. How hard is it to break into the Hollywood scene, Jim? Pretty, it's I don't know. It's it's pretty hard. It's just about who you know and, and just getting the right and, and just getting the right shot. You know what I mean. So I've been pretty lucky recently. You know what I mean. Like I, I don't get heaps of work, but I kind of get enough to get me going. You know what I mean. But yeah. like it, it, a lot comes into it because all the stunt guys are heaps talented. So the the like if a stunt coordinator gets like a TV show, and he's looking over the script and he's like, oh, there's a the, the, there's like a motorbike scene here where a guy comes in the shot, skids up to a 90 and pulls a gun out or whatever or rides up beside a car, something pretty basic. And he's like, oh, there's, there's the, like the general stunt guy can ride a motorbike. You know what I mean? This yeah. isn't motocross stuff. This is just motorbike riding. Yeah. Oh, he, who's he doubling? Is he, is he like doubling the actor? And then he might have five stunt guys that could all do this job pretty good. So then it's like it comes down to kind of looks, build, you know what I mean? Who's available? Who's not available? Who's he worked with before? That type of stuff. Also relationship. Yeah, I've, right, yeah. I've worked for this guy before. Hundred percent. He's, he's yeah. a good bloke. I like having him on set. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just about getting in there and doing a good job and just being a good person. That's super and cool. Yeah. There's also heaps of ass kissing, but that's, <laughs> that, that, that's the same as any. You got big lips, dude. Yeah. No, I, don't, I don't get involved in it. But, um, What's I, I don't get involved in it, but that's the same as any type of any, any game, industry, man. Any game, any, any game. There's, there's always that, yeah. but yeah, it's just about getting an opportunity and building the relationship, doing a good job. So the next time they they trust you, they'll bring you back on. 
You know what I mean? What's the um, – if you had a holy grail pinnacle, what would it be? To, um, to double as someone or to a, a shot, what's something that you go, if I could tick that, that's the – if I tick that off, then I'd, I'd call it quits. Not, fi- not financially, I mean just yeah. the actual like thing itself to be a part of. So, like, as far as live shows, like doing Waterworld, that was one of those things. Yep. And then I um, I did some work on a movie. I can't, I can't say too much about it because it hasn't been released. Bring but that microphone closer to you. Oh, I... Um, You're sitting away from it. I worked on a movie recently. I can't say too much about it because it hasn't been released. Yeah. But that was... That was like another, another international Australian, Australian one, but like big. Yeah. So I spent I spent a bunch of time on that work, and which was like a, a dream come true. Awesome. And that'll probably be out. I don't know sometime this year, hopefully. Wow. But um, Mo- motorbike. Motorbikes. Yeah. yeah, a lot a lot of motorbikes. What's the so for you? Do you only specifically do dirt bikes, or can you do road bikes as well? I do road bikes. I I try and just be like a uh, a general or like obviously. Uh, if it's a motocross bike, it's perfect. But most of the time, it's just like general riding. It's like aggr- aggressive riding. That's yeah. kind of what you like. All, every time you see like like a, a motorbike car, like car chase, you know what I mean? Guys getting away, like like screaming off and shot, that type of stuff. So it's very rarely doing wheelies and big jumps. It's more riding through tight places, dodging people, all that type of stuff. Sick. So general riding, yeah. I, I just try and be handy on, on all bikes, have a good a good feel for kind of everything. But motocross is more, Your more jam. Like, yeah. yeah. And then I just try and do general general stunts as who, well. Who was um, who was your who was the poster on your wall when you were a kid? Who was your your oh. guy freestyle or racer? Probably Brian Deegan. They're saying really yeah. militia, yeah. Deegs, probably Brian Deegan, yeah. Yeah, I thought he was pretty cool growing up. He was so, same as like Travis Pastrana, and well, he was just such a um, you look at Brian Deegan now, and you're like, there's a reason why he's so wealthy and I'm so well for himself, yeah. Yeah, he had a he was a businessman, man, yeah. And, and he's he, still, he's still charging, like, he's still he's always into his fitness and. Bro, he's so healthy. He's always out there riding with Hayden and yeah. and Hux. Yeah, he's a weapon. And his daughter, Haley. They're all H's, aren't they? Um, yeah, like just he was a pioneer. Like that whole militia stuff was just so cool. Mm. The compound. Yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. That was awesome. That was a that was like the golden era. The golden oh, yeah. era. Yeah, of like freestyle. Yeah. Brian Deegan, Twitch. Yeah. Yeah. Pastrana and Travis Pastrana, Mike Metzger. Yeah. Yeah. That was a that was like they're still going for it now, but back then that was like when the backflip first first kind of come in and well, Kerry Hart, yeah, Kerry yeah. Hart, oh, he's OG, he's a unit as well, yeah. But even the like kind of story of how like yeah the you know Deegan you know, Travis was trying as the nice guy, yeah, pussy, yeah. like you know the the good he played the bad the guy out, and he played the bad guy, like just so cool. Yeah, Gypsy Tales did a podcast with Deegan and with Pastrana, and it was kind of cool to hear how they spoke about each yeah. other. Yeah, like because they they had a lot to thank for each other for their success. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. But, but Pastrana's just on another level. Hundred. Yeah, he's he's an absolute unit. Everything. Everything, man. 
He's like changed. He changed that sport. He changed extreme sports. The guy, the guy jumps out of a plane with no parachute yeah. on. Yeah, he's not well. He's you know rally cars. Even to the point, sometimes I'll watch, like I'll just go and you like watch him on YouTube, and he's got like remote control cards, and he's like, okay, if I hit it on that angle, it'll flare, and yeah, he's just his little head's just always ticking, S- super calculated, yeah, calculated, yeah, and just a really hard worker, and just yeah, I don't know, you, you can't not like Travis Pastrana, one hundred percent. Everyone, <laughs> I've never met him, but like you always hear people that that do know him, they're like, oh, he's. He's an absolute legend. I, I heard not. who um who did the who was the Aussie guy who did the triple backflip? Harry Bink and, Bink. and Jay yeah. Jay Archer. Well, they were one of them was just on. I'm pretty sure it was Jay. He was just on Gypsy Tales. Yeah. I listened to that yesterday, bro. To... He messaged him on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. and he got back. And he got back yeah. to him. Yeah, he's like, look, that was an awesome podcast. He what a great. I've only I've only watched the YouTube clips of it. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, I listened to the whole thing yesterday when I was driving to Sydney. It was um, it was awesome. He, he's worked for that. Like I didn't realize the the backstory going into that triple from his side. You know what I mean? Like he, he had that thing dialed years ago, but just didn't have like a a platform to kind of do it and and like went through some hard times with some injuries, but it's, went out there and stomped it on the night. It's crazy. Um, it's crazy how much like. Australia's been a part of the freestyle scene, but kind of never really had the glory that yeah. the Americans obviously have. Yeah. Um, I've had, I do jiu-jitsu with a guy called Luke Cole, and Cole. Yeah, right. He's old school. Cole was one of the OG Australian yeah. freestyle guys. Yeah. And like hear him talk about that sort of stuff from back in the day. Yeah. And he, man, he's like 47, still rides big waves. Yeah, right. He is the gnarly. Right now, that guy is fucking in Helsinki in the middle of fucking winter in Norway. Really? It's it's a trek from one part of the snow to the other, and then you do a, a two day day a two day course on dog sledding, and then he's solo wow. dog sledding back to where he came from. Living, living. You got it, man. You got to charge it. As, as, as much as you can, pretty much every day, try and try and have fun. And I'll show you. Do, I'll show you this. I'll show you this wave of him at Shipsterns, uh, like after the podcast, and you'll be like, "That guy's forty-seven, still, still out there." Loves it, dude. Loves it. Yeah, you can't stop. As soon as you stop, that's when you. That's when you start getting too old. You just got to keep, keep going. But those Australian guys like Harry Bink and and Jay and stuff like there. Man, it's incredible. Yeah, the units. And I just don't think Australia appreciates kind of what these guys put themselves through. No idea. And, and what they do. Because, like, you know, your Tyler Berrimans and your, yeah. um, like, your... Colby Raha and all, all those Col- guys. Colby, um, Axel. Yeah. Like... Um, they're, like, kind of at like the top, but they're, they're, not, they're not doing tri- like all those gnarly tricks. <laughs> Yeah, you know I mean they're, they're still gnarly riders. Like, don't you know, they, they hit some of those jumps. Colby, a- Axel does, and Colby and, and Axel, man, far out. Yeah, he has a new movie coming out soon. Colby Raha, it well, should be re- it's should be released. I watched a I watched a thing with him. Nah, it's called Narnia. It looks super gnarly. He's so yeah. gnarly, yeah. dude. He's yeah. like the new version of Brian Deegan, I reckon. Yeah, Seth Henslow or Seth. Yeah, yeah. I watched him do this. Um, it was like on this somewhere in California, but it was like um, this massive, like it must have been an old like dam or something like that. And there's this big concrete like 
ramp that goes down like this and it's got a ledge. But he he jumps a gap between the two. Straight over it, yeah, and lands on the other side. But he had to take the ramp there and build it. Like, so they had, he built a ramp and then deconstructed it. And then they like put it into like a backpack and they had to like keep going backwards and forwards to the ramp. And then he was like, just like jumping it, jumping it. And then something fucked up on his bike. So then they had to go back and then get a, a new wheel on the bike and then go back to this place. And it's fucking mental. It yeah. would have been like a probably 30, 40 foot gap. So it's just this little kicker and he goes across it and then he lands on the lands down on the ramp side. on the other side. Yeah, he's crazy, man. I always see his Instagram. He's always up doing some like urban urban stunt. But his quarter pipe is out of this fucking world. That's it. That's so gnarly, man. <laughs> I, I watch yeah. it, man, and I'm like, uh Him, both him and Axel. Him, Axel, like Beam and Corey Creed. Any, anyone who even jumps that thing, they've they got nuts. That's even like, and I, that's like again stuff that I love watching. Like I yeah. love watching um. Like, like I, I've found like Axel and and Berman and even um little little Nah, um the little dude. Pretty sure his dad owns. Mario oh, was the clothing company called. Little little dude that always rides with Berman rides a gas gas bike. Oh, Kleiner Humphreys. Kleiner Humphreys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. like, even him on that little. Yeah, they rip. Big wheel. I think he's on a one two five now. On mm. that gas gas one two five, and you're like the jumps he's doing, sends it, sends it. Yeah, that's where I feel like um, freestyle is like kind of going. It's like going full circle. Like you watch the early like crusty days, or big dirt jumps. Yeah, they were just out in the hills, like like just doing whips. Yeah, no footers, like like none of these massive big tricks. But yeah. like everyone loved watching it. Dune jumps, just shoveling, shoveling. Yeah, and, and now when you watch Beeman and that. That's kind of what they're doing. Yeah, just how they're sending it, but the the freestyle stuff still still gnarly. Far out, man, and but even even that um, like that ramp that Twitch has at his house, and you're still watching yeah. like Tacker and like him and stuff like, that, and you're like, fuck me, dude. Yeah, they rip. Still just doing the do, man. Just love it. Yeah, and then the but the characters like Wanky and yeah, he's a character, man. So funny, a Twitch son. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you met him? Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm, I'm friends with Wanky. I'm I'm meeting him over in Japan. Um, I think it was my first year. My first year there, I, I met him. At, like he was doing a freestyle event because there wasn't many like foreigners there. You kind of seen us walking through the crowd, and he's a super nice dude. Like he's pretty like exactly like kind of what you're seeing on the, the YouTube. Yeah, I got chatting to him then. And then, um, shit, quality. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then after, and then after that, we just just started like chatting on like Instagram, and then started riding BMX together over in Japan, and just like always, when he comes back, if I'm there, like we always like hang out. Even when I was back there last time, we went and got some burgers and been to a few parties together and stuff like that. He's a loose unit. Yeah, he's yeah. a loose unit. Yeah, we, we definitely had some big nights. <laughs> That's so Over in cool. Japan. That's so cool. Yeah, there's um He's probably one of my favourite guys on Twitch's channel. He rips. Wanky man. He's just he's just so funny. He's yeah, so man. so like he like Twitch made a DBK jumper that says shit quality <laughs> on it. <laughs> yeah, he he just left to go back to California. But he was he was he was back in Japan seeing his son and then um Yeah, it's crazy because and now he's going. Now he's going back. But I think in like three months he'll be back. And if I'm over there, he's going to bring his son to to Waterworld because now he's kind of old enough. How cool! Yeah, that's yeah, so we, um, cool. There's like a Volcom a Volcom store in um, Osaka, 
that's kind of like the that kind of area is like the hub for Motor the kind the kind of like cool the cool culture kind of like the Japanese guys that kind of skate and surf and they are into like punk rock and but anyways they have like parties every year so they open the shop up and put like plastic over all the clothes and so nothing can get kind of wrecked bring your DJ in put a little skate ramp out the front and um yeah so. Everyone goes down there and sick. And like, yeah, the last time they had one, I was there and Wanky was there, and yeah, we had just just an absolute mad night. Are you, are you pretty handy on a BMX as well? Oh, kind of. I was over there because I couldn't ride. Um, I couldn't ride motorbikes. It was like in the contract. Yeah, we can't have like motorized vehicles outside of work. So I just wanted to ride something. So I went and bought a BMX, and they have really good dirt um dirt jumps over there, six six one trails. Sick. So I just went over there and. Like once again, like because I was the only foreigner there. Like I used to hop on a, hop on the train with BMX in a bag, <laughs> and then like do this big mission and ride all the way to these jumps, and you get there, and it'd be like sixteen Japanese guys, and they'd see you rock up, and they'd just be like, they had no idea what the fuck was going on. So I was like, who's this white guy? Like, how did you even find these jumps? <laughs> but yeah, like once they figure out you work at Waterworld, they treat you like a bit of a a bit of a celebrity. Wow, that's so, so cool. Um, but also they're all just like, like, even though they're Japanese and you can't speak English, but like it's all just like like-minded people. Send it. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Just <laughs> like, dirt, like dirt jumps and like music and you know what I mean? Are you, are you a, 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 what sort of music do you listen to, Jim? Punk rock. Yeah. 100%. Like, like Loud Wagon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All, all the. All I was listening to 28 Days this morning. Yeah. Yeah, all the like nineties, just all the nineties punk, Pennywise, Pennywise, strung out, strung out, any yeah. flag, all, all that light top stuff, gutter mouth. Also like the old school rock and roll stuff, like Rolling Stones, and I just like real music. What about Guano Apes? Open yeah, your eyes. Yeah, that's a classic. That's Luke's favorite song. <laughs> oh, right. It just takes me back to Krusty One. Yeah, them on the beach, yeah, going through those hills. Yeah, one of the greatest songs of all time. Do you know yeah. the Do you know the singer of that band's a female? Yeah, chick. It's yeah. a chick. Yeah, you never pick it. Yeah, I, I always catch myself listening to it's on um it's on Spotify. It's like the Krusty Krusty One and Two soundtrack. And you put it on, it just like takes you back as oh. all these all these old state. It definitely, it's like it's, it's in my gym rotation. Now. Yeah, <laughs> I have to have it. Rob Zombie and oh mate, there's so many Static um, X, Metallica. Yeah, yeah, classic. Yeah, it's um, I don't know. That's the other thing, the cool thing with music. Like the cool thing with music, it, it just takes you back to a time. Hundred percent. I hear as soon as I hear that, yeah, I'm just like I just picture like Kerry Hart and all those boys just yeah, just ripping, yeah, just ripping. Um, and what was that else I asked you? When you are you planning on going back to Japan? I'm meant, I'm, I'm meant to be going back to Japan in in two weeks at the end of at the end of January. Okay, but it's kind of a um, I'm super keen to go back because last time I was there, I I, I tweaked my knee and I didn't want to. I'm, I'm not going out like that. Yeah, oh, that, that's what I wanted to ask you. Dude, do you do those sh- shows in winter, right, in Japan? Yeah, 100%, all the way through. How fucking cold is it? Freezing. <laughs> Freezing. Dude, I made the mistake of going, we went to Disney Sea with Lucy, I went with Lucy and her sister, and I was like, I'll be right, I'll just wear shorts, and I, I had like a, a light pullover. Yeah. I was fucking freezing. Yeah. And you're in water. Yeah. In the, costume. The pool's heated, though. Oh, okay. So yeah. the, the pool's heated, and um, this is like backstage info, but out the back... There's there's like hot tubs as well. So in the green room, we've got like a hot tub there, yeah. and then at the back of the set, there's like a hot tub there as well. Yeah. So in between, if you're not on stage 
in, in the wintertime, everyone's everyone's in the hot tub. It, 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 like, it like sucks, but at the same time, it, it like it brings like a, a team. I feel like it's we're bring, all going to suffer together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. and like at the end of the show, it's like we're all in this together. It's fucking cold, but let's let's go out there and do it. Like everyone runs back in the green. Everyone's in the hot tub, and like it's an experience. Yeah, I actually prefer shows in winter than. Summer, summertime over in Japan is so fucking hot. Really? Yeah, bro, it's gnarly, and the pool's like warm, so you don't get no like relief. Reprieve, yeah. And all the all the set has like black bar matting, so it just radiates. It gets oh. fucking. It's it's just humid. It's hard work, but um, yeah, winter time is not that bad, but it, it does get pretty cold. Okay. I, I did a show on New Year's Eve. That's on New crazy. Year's Eve, the the park stays open like twenty four hours. So we do a show I think it's like a, We do one at 8 One at like 11 And then one at one thirty or something In the morning What? Yeah Yeah And, and these shows are packed oh, There's people everywhere and, and they're getting wet It would be a vibe at night time yeah, right? Yeah But it's just like I, I did it I think it was 2000, 2019 Like I didn't have to But I was like When am I ever got the chance To do like a water belt show in What a Eve? vibe dude That's yeah. sick Yeah so you're out there And you finish shows and then um you can't catch the ferry home because the ferry's the ferry's closed. It's one in the morning, so you just ride home and stop at a few vending machines, get a few cans and couple of cans of yeah, La Boss, warm, yeah, one, yeah. warm ones. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, or some asai. I, I, I got a I got addicted. I, I buy them now. Yeah, yeah, they're not the, bad. The Boss little can coffees, yeah. and you could have them cold or warm. Yeah, yeah. Mate, Japan machine. is the tits. It's good, man. It's good. It's good over there. It's super. Um. So two weeks, you're back. You're going back. Yeah, at this stage. Well, yeah, I'm going back. I've yeah. signed. I've signed all my thing. So going back there, but like I was saying before, it's um, it's something that like, as far as my like stunt stunt career kind of goes, oh, it's not. I'm not. I'm not going f- forward doing it, but it's something that I just. I, I want to do. I did two years, and then after I after I finished my two years, like in 2018, 2019, they wanted me to stay on. But like I could have, but I knew if I did three years in a row, it, it probably would have gotten stale and I would have gotten bored. So I left because I wanted to have like I I left loving it, and I still love it, and I just I want to go back and do. I reckon you do the Lukey George. I reckon you go three hundred sixty five of just being the Mariner. Yeah, three just, shows a day. Just, just being the Mariner. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'm 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 going back to get it done. But at the same time, there's there's always that thing like. Like I'm, I'm semi like established in the in the stunt industry, in like Australia, and you never know what's around the corner. And that's like I want to, in like coming back, I want to do film and TV. That's like more like that's my long term goal. Yeah. Because how old are you now, Jim? Thirty three. You're still a baby. Yeah. Yeah. Thirty three. So how's that? Doing um, oh yeah, you just never know. Like uh, some people have said, like oh, like I'd probably you've already kind of done it. Like you should stay in. Focus on film and TV because kind of if I go over there, then my name kind of goes to the bottom of the pile. Yeah, but that, it's, that's just the so the, is it's it just a, a one year contract, Waterworld? One year, one yeah. year deal. Yeah, yeah. So, but that's just the the risk you take. Like I could not go over there, and I could get heaps of work this year. You know what I mean? I could be on heaps of big movies and meet the right people, or I could be lopping trees with your old yeah, man, yeah, Joshy. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or I could just be out. Out like working at Luke's, which is a dream as well. You know what I mean? Oh, like that's, mate, hundred percent. That's that. That's always a good time out there. So, but I don't know. I want to go back there, and 
I want to do one more year so I can just focus on um on just all the ground stuff. So do some boxing, do some martial arts. Because as much as I love motorbikes, they're also like a massive distraction. Like where I want to get my ground game good. And over there you have... Do you any wrestling with Joshy? Nah. No, he's always trying to cheat me up. He'll fuck you up. He's I've a bit, heard. He's a beast. <laughs> I've heard. I've heard. Um, but yeah, so I'll probably go over there and just focus on that type of stuff because the, the riding stuff kind of just comes naturally. I don't have to worry about too much about that. There's a really cool jiu-jitsu gym over there. There's a couple of them. It's called Carpe Diem. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, I went to one, I can't remember where, but there's like three or four of them. So if you are going to get into jiu-jitsu and they do – like a specific no gi jiu jitsu as well. And yeah, I guess cool. if you're telling me from Waterworld, you probably train for free. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Like when we were at the Vulcan party, like Wanky was there, but he wasn't like not like known kind of thing. Like they, they knew who he was, but there wasn't, you know what I mean? Like if he's like kind What's of. What's Wanky's actual name? Tashabi Wakanae or something like that? Genki. Genki. So, yeah. How do yeah. you say his. But what's his full name? What what's a Genki after Watanabe? What Genki Watanabe? That's yeah, it. yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Watanabe. Who gave him the nickname Wanky? Was it Twitch? Oh, I think it was Twitch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um. But yeah, like I was at the Vulcan party and we sort of turned up and everyone was like, shitting their gear because the Water World team was there, <laughs> type of thing. They just like couldn't believe it. It's so. It's so bizarre. No wonder you want to go back. You're a rock star. No, it's just a good time over there. You know yeah. what I mean? And like, I love doing the live shows because you just work with like a good team. Your team becomes your family and yeah, over in Japan riding jet skis and you just get to explore. As much as I love like film and TV, um, I also love, like I know I can do that for, they'll be making movies forever where the live show stuff, you can't do that kind of forever. Hard on your body. Yeah. 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 And plus, it, I just want to go... I, I didn't get to do a last show because of COVID. So I kind of just did a show and then they shut the park. And then and then, and then I just went home. And then I went over there this year. And did you this know? year was going to be my little four-month... All right, I'm just going to go over there and have four months of fun. And this is going to see me out. And then I did my knee. So <laughs> redemption. Redemption tour. Let's go. Well, mate, we wrap this uh, We wrap this podcast. Have we missed anything? No, nah, that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it, I guess. I don't know. There's always heaps more stories to tell, but I can always come back another day. 100%, man. Yeah, the, the doors, talk, are, doors are always open. Talk some more shit. Oh, mate, I'm professional at it. Um, we normally leave this podcast with um, dropping a bit of knowledge or something that you live by or something to share. What's, um, what's something that you kind of live your life by or a quote or a saying or... I'd rather try and fail than fail to try. Okay. Pretty much. Elaborate. Yeah, I elaborate. Um, I don't know. You can't really elaborate much more. You know what I mean? <laughs> like you'd rather, I, I, I'd rather try and try and do something than, than, than like not try and, and, and not think about it. You know what I mean? So if I'm thinking about something, then almost 100% I'm going to try and do it. So that's uh, a job, a jump, yeah, or yeah. Well, it, was, it was just like becoming, just like trying to get into stunts. Like at the time, I was just laying bricks, and I was telling my mates, I was like, "Oh, like I want to try and get into stunts, like being like a stunt man." And like no one knows any any stunt guys from the bay. You know, it's just it's just this pipe dream. 
And like I, I could have, so I just started trying. You know what I mean? Just started trying little bits every day, and eventually it's kind of it's it's like kind of happened. You know what I mean? Like last nine years I've been haven't really worked a real job. Just kind of been paid to ride motorbikes and jet skis and jump off things and. You know what I mean? Like I don't make a million bucks, but I I still have a lot a lot more fun than someone who probably does. It's called living the dream, yeah. my friend. Yeah, yeah, living that's it. Dream. Yeah, I'd rather try than let years go by and go. Oh fuck! Like I should have I should have tried that. Yep. And you always see old guys at the pub. They're like, oh, well, what do you want to do when you, like when you're younger? And they're like, oh, like I, I want to do this, but you know, like, fuck that. Like just if <laughs> if you, if, if you want to try and do something, like you got nothing to lose. You're either going to learn along the way or... 100%. Just, and, like, if it's what you love, it's not a waste of time. 100%. Even if you don't make it, like, you still... Like, oh, oh, everyone's like, well, how long can you do stunts for? And, like, it's like, how long can you... Like, it doesn't matter what you do, it takes a toll on you. You can, like, sit around doing this all day. And by the end of the day, like, your back's going to be cooked and... 100%. Yeah. And fucking everything else. So, like, I'll, I'll just keep keep doing it as long as I'm... Like I'll, I'll 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 do this if I don't get paid, pretty much. Like I I do boxing. I like keeping fit and I'll ride me jet ski because that's what I want to do. So yeah. if I can make a few bucks doing it, I'll be doing it for as long as I can. Hell yeah! And mate, where can we find you? At the moment, oh Instagram. Yep. Jimmy Davies. Jimmy Davies. Yeah. J double I double M double I. But yeah, but back to that thing I posted up in Alice Springs. That 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 was a, a big stunt I did. Yeah. Going into boxes. So I did a big ghosty, and that was that was probably one of the biggest stunts I've done on for film and TV. You get winded or anything? Nah, nah. So a box rig is, is is a system that that stunt guys have been using for a long time to catch people for high falls and that. Yeah. So they're just like cardboard boxes stacked up with like a row of flats, and they actually work work pretty well. How, like how? But how? Like obviously you you go right for this this jump. I need to be second gear, half rev. Right? Yeah. Yeah, so I did a bunch how, of. Um, how do you how do you fucking go to your bike and know where you're going to land? Oh, so I did a. I used to have a foam pit in my backyard, and um, I used to like come in pretty hot and jump off my bike like that. So that was my kind of mechanics going into it, and then, on the day, um, I did a bunch of test jumps. So like I had like a mark, and I was hitting my mark like every time. So we built the boxes around that, and obviously had had a big buffer, either way. And but the only thing I'll show you the video after the after this, after this the video is pretty gnarly. Yeah. But I um I kind of popped off the lip. If I had, I only, only did one take and everyone was super happy about it. You know, I got like a standing ovation and the director come and shook my hand. He's like, wow. that was he goes that was fucking pretty gnarly. <laughs> so I was um I, I was like I was like pumped. But going into it, it was it was like one of those those moments because I I'd never jumped into boxes before. You know what I mean? Like the first take was that they were they were shooting it. Everyone was watching. And I never ghosted a motorbike. I've done crashes like layovers and did like a high side and the whoops for them. And but I've never done something of that of that caliber. Wow! So and was the was, first and then, yeah, and there was a big headwind. And I remember just like sitting on the bike and then saying action and just thinking like if you pull out of this right now, like the, then it's fine. You know what I mean? Like but. And maybe stunts isn't for you, or like this is this is what you you've been wanting to do for your whole life. You know what I mean? Everything comes down, not everything comes down to this, but 
this is what you're asked for. Like you, you, you want to become a stuntman, so this is what this is what you do. Back to the try, and, then, try yeah, and fail. Yeah, and then I just I did it, but I, I kind of popped off the lip where if I did it again, I had to do something similar. I would hold onto the bike until like the apex, and then try and like roll off, but I didn't get hurt. The bike, the bike was fine, and they and they got the shot. So I chalk it up as a win. Happy days, my yeah. man. Well, yep. brother, I really appreciate you coming down, telling your story, and as I said, the doors awesome. always open. Yeah, awesome. Maybe really when I come back from Japan, I'll come back in and give us an update. Yeah, give us an update on uh, on rede- redemption. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> redemption tour. Thanks, Jimmy. No worries, brother. listening legends make sure you like and subscribe on all your podcasting platforms and head over to instagram and check us out at to the point underscore podcast Point.